Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to your favorite show. It's the bestest. It's the RR Show. We're coming at you today with episode 152. This is r slash today I fucked up. If you really love us and want to share some of that love, go and check out our Patreon and we'll return the favor with some bonus exclusive episodes. In the meantime, though, let's go, let's do it. Grab your tea, your popcorn, and let's jump in. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're excited to jump into this episode of Today I Fucked Up. Our first story today is in from Ancient Educator. Today I fucked up by realizing, 20 and a half years later, that the ER physician I sued had his reasons. This fuck up happened over two decades ago when my first wife died as a result of a combination of comedy and tragedy of errors, and our ER physician was adamant that my epileptic wife was seizing because of drugs, not epilepsy. So back in 2001, my wife of four years, four months, mother of my two sons, had a grand mal seizure directly after accidentally pinching her arm while trying on her Celtic armband. Not the basketball team, the Gaelic thing. She was taken to the hospital. I described what happened leading up to the seizure, mentioned her history of epilepsy, and the ER doc insisted on putting her under. No drugs to stop her from seizing, no electrocephalograph to measure her brain waves, and now she's paralyzed, so no way to tell if she was seizing for what would be another 38 hours. I felt every minute, every second. Anyway, this isn't the story of the disgraced physician, this is the story behind my sudden understanding of why he may have thought she was on drugs instead, thus requiring a different level of treatment, less urgent. As we walked towards my son's football game, me and the missus, current wife of 17 plus years, were talking about how a pinch of the skin can induce a seizure. We just listened to a radio show discussing epilepsy. I described and modeled to Gina how Sarah was trying on a Celtic armband preparing to go to her mum's when we passed a guy who saw and said, heroin, huh? Nice. We were both in shock because he seemed to pop out of the bushes. Then we moved on. She was talking to me but I was filled with thoughts of the past. As I was describing 20 plus years ago to one of the medical personnel what was happening when she first started seizing, I was making the same motions describing trying on the Celtic armband. It's an armband, there's a band, that goes around your arm, needing to be tied on. She wore it over her bicep, loved Xena Warrior Princess, that she knew a second before going down that she was going to have it. 
This somehow must have been related to the ER doc, or maybe he was watching from the desk, but he must have saw that motion and assumed hardcore drugs. Explanation I was speaking and using my hands to show what Sarah was doing that gave her a seizure. I mimicked the motion of tying something to your bicep, thinking stupidly that this info would help. And even though this was to the nurse, the doctor saw this motion made from afar. The desk had a line of sight to the room, and seeing this motion without hearing the description, it looked bad. I didn't realize this until I modeled this recently and someone else mentioned heroin. At the time, I was curious why he was so adamant that my wife was on drugs, even after the toxicology test came back clean. Sorry, Doc, for having such a raw inner hatred towards you for all these years for judging my wife for no reason outside of us being poor and her being punk rock. If I was an ER doc, I'd have to act on what info I had. I'd still have treated for the most potentially fatal, but I understand a little more now. I'm pretty sure making assumptions when practicing medicine is pretty bad, as well as extrapolating from incomplete data, but that's just me. But I don't think that's your fuck up at all in the slightest, mate. Anyway, our next one is from Evilmeister13. I helped a customer get data off her son's phone, and it broke my heart. 25 mail. First off, I'm going to be a bit unspecific to protect this woman's identity. Bit of background before I get started. I manage a small computer shop, working on computers and phones, and I'm by myself most days. I always try to go above and beyond for every customer, even when situations arise that I really shouldn't get involved with. A lot of times, that's just awkward social situations, like a mother trying to get me to bypass a password so she can snoop on her teenage son's phone and see if he's watching porn, or digging up past location data from a Google account so that a guy can prove he wasn't cheating or something similar. Occasionally, I get a customer in who has a phone, tablet, computer with a password on it that used to belong to a dead relative, and usually they want me to try and get pictures or texts off of it so they have something to remember their loved ones by. Most of the time, with phones, I can't do much, as I don't know an easy way to bypass lock screens, and I have to tell the customer that those photos are as good as lost without the passcode. I hate doing it and feel terrible that I can't help. But unfortunately, sometimes it be what it do. About a year ago, I had an older woman who had no idea how to operate an Android phone. She'd only ever used iPhones. And she came in and was barely holding it together, asking me to help her get into her son's phone, who had recently passed away from a drug overdose. She thought something just wasn't right about his death and thought maybe there was something on his phone that could explain things for her. She didn't give me much information at the time, but the phone was locked, so I told her if she really needed answers to take it to law enforcement, because they have ways around the passcodes. She left and thanked me for my advice, and I figured I wouldn't see her again because that's how these things usually go. I was quite wrong. She came back in today, told me she'd taken the phone to the police, who held on to it for several months trying to get into it. They were successful in cracking into it, but ultimately told her that there was nothing on the phone they could use to help with this case. She told me she just wanted to get the pictures off of it since there was nothing useful on there. 
We checked out the photo gallery, but there was only a singular selfie of him, which seemed weird, like someone had deleted all the other pictures on the phone. We then went to look at his text to see if we could find some of the pictures he had sent her, and there were very few texts on the phone. Again, almost as if someone had deleted all of the texts. At this point, she was getting suspicious, since she thought his death was weird to begin with. She told me that he and his girlfriend were junkies and that she mentioned to me that his body was found in a hotel and he didn't have a car so she didn't know how he got there in the first place. I saw that he had the lift app so we opened it to check his history. We saw that he'd gotten a lift to a gas station and from there it looked like he'd spent a few hours in the area before walking down the road to an oil change place, then got another lift to the hotel where his body was later found. This really sucked to find out because if the cop she took it to had acted on this evidence months ago, maybe she could get the camera footage from these businesses. With almost a year having gone by, I believe August 11th of last year was the day he passed, the chances they still had camera footage? Pretty slim. She broke down, sobbing, wondering why the cops hadn't seen this or mentioned it to her if they had. I tried my best to console her but I'm a pretty stereotypical nerd slash geek. I had a hard time connecting to other people's emotions or knowing how to properly communicate when other people need help. I offered to keep looking at the phone to see if we could figure out anything else. We went back to his text to see if there was anything else we could figure out. And that's when I noticed that the last text he ever sent was telling his mum that he was done with this nonsense and drugs and he was going to call rehab the next day. She got very upset thinking about it. Apparently, the investigation had at least nailed down a potential dealer for drugs he was using at the time, although she never specified what they were. She almost fell over crying, thinking that her son had lied to her in that text, met with a dealer, and then died of an overdose. I was struggling, trying to figure out what to do. What should I say? Like, should I offer a hug? Would that be weird? Would that be the right thing to do? I really didn't know in the moment, but thankfully she straightened back up and asked me to check the call log. We took a look at it, and the last call he ever made was to a rehab center. When she saw that, she snapped. Something's wrong. He wanted to get better, he told me he would. He even called a rehab. I knew he wasn't lying to me. She was sobbing at this point, finding out that her son hadn't lied to her, that he really had tried to reach out and make at least an effort. The look on her face will live with me forever. The raw agony, pain, the torture she was going through in that moment was almost too much for me to handle. At this point, she really started to make less sense, going on about how his girlfriend was evil, that he had tried to leave that lifestyle over and over and that she kept dragging him back into it. It seemed to me like there was a history there that she wasn't telling me, but I wasn't going to pry. After some more back and forth, she told me a bit about the relationship between her son and his girlfriend and how abusive it seemed. The most chilling part was that she thought the girlfriend may have been with her son the whole day he died. She seemed to think that the girlfriend caused his overdose somehow, whether intentionally or not. Based on the story she was telling me and the fact that the phone seemed semi-cleaned out, I can see where she came to this conclusion. I have no stakes in this situation. There was no clean, clear evidence to draw from the phone that would prove for certain anyone had murdered her son. 
With that being said, in my experience as someone who handles other people's personal devices all the time, there is always more to the story than what is obvious through a few messages and connected dots. At this point, she had what she wanted from that phone and told me she was going to go digging through a few more things and raise a complaint with the cops she had dealt with, who didn't tell her anything. She handed me one of her old phones, a Google Pixel XL that was busted all to hell, and told me there was more pictures of him on it, and that she'd like them if she could get them. I ordered a couple of new parts for a Google Pixel and she left after thanking me for what I was able to do. My boss called while I was dealing with her, so I gave him a call back and told him what happened and discussed a few other unrelated things. I know to him I sounded mostly fine, if maybe a bit shook. It's all I ever show most people and I was just going through the motions like I normally do. As soon as I hung up, I had a few seconds to really think about what just happened and I burst out crying, sobbing, hating that I couldn't help her more and wishing I could take the pain away from her. I called my mum immediately and told her how much I loved her, how I never wanted her to go through this and explained what happened. I called my brother and my godfather right after. I told them all how much I loved them, what happened, and made them promise not to do the same to me as I know they're all struggling in their own ways, and I never want me or my mother to be in that position. I called my dad as well, but he didn't answer, and as of right now he hasn't called back. I don't blame him, he's always working himself to death and I respect him immensely for it. I know he'll probably call me at like 12.30 or something when I'm trying to sleep and I'll be glad about it. I spent the next three hours at work crying on and off about it, thinking about it. I, I pulled it together every time I heard the customer bell ring, but it took immense effort and <laughs> I don't know how I did it. I cried driving home. I've never done that before. Never cried in my car, not once. Usually I have to be wasted to bring up my demons and bring me to tears, but... When I got home, I wrapped my fiancé in my arms and sobbed for a solid ten minutes before I told her why. The sheer pain, the sheer agony I witnessed, is burned into my brain forever. It's one thing to tell people, sorry, I can't help you get those pictures, and see them be sad about it. It's a whole different story. Watching a mother put the pieces of her son's death together right in front of you. Maybe, maybe I brought her a small amount of closure by showing her that her son really made an effort to get better. But it doesn't change the rawness of his absence in her life. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ooh, that one was a bit of a roller coaster. I'm not entirely sure where the fuck up is, but never mind. Moving on. From Liquid Lover. Today I fucked up by opening my fiance's DMs. 
The wound is still fresh, so bear with me. The discovery. I had a rough day, and my fiancé's algorithms are top-notch, so I was scrolling through his apps to entertain myself, hoping for a pick-me-up. He went to take a shower. I opened his Instagram and noticed he had a couple of new DMs. We don't snoop through each other's phones, but we don't hide anything either. Or so I thought. So I clicked on them to see if they were important, because he doesn't check Insta that often. Well, I see the DMs are from a deleted account, thus sparking my interest. So I click and I scroll. Messages go years back, maybe 20 to 30 messages total. Some winky faces, some slightly sexual memes, a few photos of lingerie. Nothing outright incriminating, but who is this bitch? My heart dropped. We're getting married in less than five months. These messages aren't okay. He's not a cheater. Never once have I questioned that, nor has he given me any reason to. I start to see red. I put on my big girl pants, wipe my tears, and storm into that bathroom, rip open the shower curtain, revealing this idiot's, albeit glorious, naked body. He, though quite startled, raises an eyebrow and smirks. <laughs> looking to join, he says. Wrong move, buddy. I go off. You know, like a badass. He denies it. You know, like a liar. I hold his towel hostage and toss him his phone so he can see for himself. He scrolls and pulls off this wildly confused demeanor. I literally see the blood leave his face. He just kind of says, stuttering, baby i don't know we go back and forth he swears up and down he has no idea who this could be i'm just as surprised as you are he claims criminally so i take his phone so i can quote this other woman for emphasis i ready my best valley girl voice and scroll to the most recent received message i notice for the first time inconveniently so a picture she sent of a guinea pig I think, oh, hell, I love guinea pigs. Then I remember, wait, hang on. I've seen this guinea pig before. Then I realize she is me. I deleted all my social media almost a year ago. Neither of us remembered any of the messages we sent. I start laughing and happy crying. My fiance looks as if he's just won the fucking lottery and received the death penalty simultaneously. Now we sit, both recently showered, debating whether or not we should welcome a guinea pig into our family. I am so embarrassed. He is so relieved. We are crazy, stupid, and so in love. Well, ladies and gentlemen, folks, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you liked this episode, jump on Discord and tell us why. If you didn't like this episode, jump on Discord and call me a dickhead. I'd love to see you over there. And until the next one, folks, peace out. Take care. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.